It is five years since I posted my last status update to Facebook, and it was posted by a robot. At the Splendour in the Grass Music Festival in 2013, the festival wristbands had RFID tags in them. You could link your tag to your Facebook, and then as you wandered around the festival site going to see bands play, you could swipe your wrist at these sensor stations to record your movements around the site. The festival said that if you did this, they would then send you a customised playlist of every band you saw after the festival. This is algorithmic culture, a culture where machines are trained to make judgments about our tastes and experiences. I couldn't resist. I linked the band to my Facebook. Every time I swiped at a sensor point, it would automatically post a status update in my name on my Facebook timeline. The first one was, so glad you're back this year, the Rubens, hashtag return to Splendour. And the next one was, getting my second dose of UMI, hashtag never enough. And on it went, merrily posting this remarkably lame promotional pap to my timeline all weekend. My friends made hay. This sounded nothing like the rye snark that I usually traded in. The Rubens was a dead giveaway. The uncharitable things that I'd been known to say about suburban dad rock over the years. The machine was pretending to be me, but failing hopelessly. I'm drawn to these moments where the interplay between the rich texture of human experience and the computational machinery of media break down. They prompt us to think not just about what media technology can do today, but what technologists are imagining media might do tomorrow. This moment at Splendour is one of those moments where the open-ended performance of cultural life collides with the computational capacities of media technologies. The system could only send out pre-loaded responses, and they sounded inauthentic coming out of the mouths of festival goers. No one speaks like a music publicist. Imagine if, when I swiped at the sensor though, an algorithm scanned my Spotify playlist to figure out if I actually liked the band, then scanned my Facebook messages to see what the tone of my voice is, and then created a post that simulated my actual voice, together with a live snippet of the performance in real time. Splendour is a cultural space rich with human judgments, feelings and expressions, and so this moment makes me ask, can machines be trained to understand, predict and make these judgments? Let me do a little detour. There's an episode of the British television series Black Mirror called Be Right Back. Spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it and don't want it spoiled, stop here and go watch. Be Right Back is about a young couple, Martha and Ash. Ash dies in a car accident. Martha, grieving, seeks out a connection with him. And this is how we grieve. Old photos, old letters, clothes, places you visited together, songs you listened to. A friend suggests that Martha log into a service where an artificial intelligence simulates the voice of your dead loved one by learning their style of expression from their emails, messages, social media posts, voicemails, and other media that they created while they were alive. Martha does it. She becomes entangled in these conversations, immersed in them. A new product becomes available, a robot that can be designed based on photographs and videos of Ash while he was alive. Martha orders it, it arrives, and she activates it. 
The robot Ash is uncanny. His looks, his voice. The robot is much better in bed than Ash was. But he's spooky. How to put it? The robot has no human presence. Lying in bed beside Martha, robot Ash is unnervingly still. It cannot spend time with another human. Things get complicated. Go on! So you do want me to go? Just get out! Get out! Get out! Get out! Get out! Get out! You're not enough of him! You are nothing! You're nothing! Did I ever hit you? No. No, of course you didn't, but you might have done if I'd done this! This! I don't know, maybe you would have! But you wouldn't, would you? You wouldn't! I could insult you. What? There's tons of invective in the archive. I like speaking my mind. I could throw some of that at you. Get out of this house. The robot can manipulate how Martha feels, but it can't understand her feelings or feel for itself. The robot falls short of being able to communicate. Here again, just like Splendor, we have another moment where machines fail to simulate human experience. And yet, we still enjoy their company, and we still enjoy playing with them as part of our lives and expressions. The philosopher of communication, John Durham Peters, writes, Communication, in the deeper sense of establishing ways to share one's hours meaningfully with others, is sooner a matter of faith and risk than of technique and method. Why others do not use words as I do, or do not feel or see the world as I do, is a problem not just in adjusting the transmission and reception of messages, but in orchestrating collective being, in making space in the world for each other. Whatever communication might mean, it is more fundamentally a political and ethical problem than a semantic one. This is what Martha encounters. The robot has no capacity to experience faith, politics and ethics as anything other than data to be processed. Machines can displace forms of human knowing and doing in the world, but they do that by formatting communication as a series of logical procedures, calculations and predictions. Martha takes Robot Ash to the edge of a cliff they used to visit when Ash was alive, and she asks him to jump off. This wouldn't have ever happened, but if it had, he would have worked it out. Sorry, hang on, that's a very difficult sentence to process. Jump. What? Over there? I never express suicidal thoughts or self-harm. Yeah, well, you aren't you, are you? That's another difficult one, to be honest with you. You're just a few ripples of you. There's no history to you. You're just a performance of stuff that he performed without thinking, and it's not enough. Come on. I aim to please. Aim to jump. Just do it. Okay. If you're absolutely sure. See, Ash would have been scared. He wouldn't have just leapt off. He would have been crying. He would have been... Oh. Ash doesn't jump. Martha takes him home and puts him in the attic. The writer Charlie Brooker is asking us to imagine what happens as we knit our lived experience together with intelligent machines. Machines fail to make the textured judgments about human experience that we ourselves can make, and yet we find ourselves in increasingly complicated relationships with them. Splendour a year later. 
Evening is falling and I stand watching the sky whale, a hot air balloon whale with breasts for wings being inflated. Festival goers, many affected by alcohol and drugs, are having visceral reactions. I join in with the hundreds of others taking images and videos, translating our experience into images that get circulated through Snapchat and Instagram. Where the RFID tag from last year tried to tightly program the translation of festival moments into media content, I'm struck here by the continuous translation of the festival into images. Hundreds per hour are uploaded to the public festival hashtags, and many more than that to private Snapchats, messages, and Instagram accounts. We express our cultural experiences in flows of images. Those images double as data. This is what a participatory media system is like. We address machines as much as we address each other. We are training machines, bit by bit, to make judgments about culture, and we are training ourselves to incorporate intelligent machines within our human experience.